everybody, this is Mo from Educast AG and you're listening to our new podcast, Educast Interviews. In this podcast, I'm joined by ELT professionals in interviews where they suggest answers to questions and practical solutions to issues in language teaching and learning. In today's show, I'm interviewing the education expert and the specialist in self-directed learning, Ron Moraine. Hi, Ron. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm, you know, a little bit cold in Germany, but, you know, uh, surviving. Yeah, same here, but not that cold. Anyway, are you ready for our questions? I'm ready. Wonderful. Since our topic today is about self-directed learning, what is self-directed learning? You know, I'm asked that question many times. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm just going to make it simple. Uh, self-directed learning is when we as an individual uh, take the initiative uh, to learn on our own, uh, away from, you know, learning ecosystems inside of a a company or an organization where we make the decision that we want to learn something new, uh, something that's interesting for us, something that we think might help to improve our teaching practice in the classroom, uh, maybe learning a new skill, uh, but we learn it on our own, uh, in our own time. Uh, and so self-directed learning has a lot to do with self-motivation, uh, self-initiative, uh, and planning, uh, planning uh, to learn when we have time. Uh, and, you know, there's so many different ways of doing self-directed learning, but that leads to probably a, another question. Is it something new? Well, maybe the term self-directed learning is, is something new for many people, uh, especially teachers, because uh, we've been sort of programmed uh, to think that learning, you know, usually happens inside of an organization, a school, an institution, uh, and that those are the only opportunities for self-development, self-improvement. But self-directed learning really isn't anything new. It's always been there. Uh, there's always been people who are self-motivated, who want to learn on their own, uh, because uh, what's being offered to them, maybe it's not something what they feel they need. Uh, so they go out on their own uh, and find other alternatives to what they're being offered. So it isn't anything new. And I think teachers think, uh, you know, that we're different or we're special, uh, but we're not. Uh, it's just like any other job. Uh, people working in a company also are self-directed learners and companies know that. Uh, but we as teachers need to learn that we also need to you know, uh, step up to the plate uh, and uh, do things on our own and not depend on somebody else to, uh, you know, guide our learning for us. So again, it goes back to initiative and people have always had initiative to do things on their own. So self-directed learning isn't anything new. I think maybe the term is. Mm-hmm. Lovely. My third question for you is, how did you get started on your self-directed learning journey? Well, for me, it started very early. Um, uh, 
as a young teenager, I wasn't really happy with how I was being educated in high school. And I had problems. I was a problem student. Uh, and that caused uh, friction between me and some of my teachers. But I was lucky because I had a few teachers who really did notice that I was bored in class. So they gave me extra stuff to do and other things to do. Uh, and they were great teachers, great educators. I'm lucky in that way. Uh, and they helped me to learn how to learn. Uh, and uh, I just started doing it on my own after a while. And before I knew it, I realized that I had done so much that I was able to graduate high school at the age of 16 uh, and uh, went to university at the age of 16 uh, because I was a self-directed learner. I wanted to learn and I wanted to learn on my own. Uh, and of course, learning on my own led to learning in groups. And I really liked that. And again, I was lucky at university because I had mentors who were assigned to me in the beginning, but eventually I picked my own mentors, usually uh, junior and senior students at the university, and also professors who helped me to really develop that skill of being a self-directed learner. And I'm glad I learned it early uh, because it really did help me uh, in my career uh, to develop myself and to be where I'm at today. And this is why I still talk about self-directed learning, because it's, it's an important factor uh, for us as teachers to develop ourselves, to improve ourselves. So I'm not, it's, I'm not special. Uh, I think we all uh, are self-directed learning learners in a way, uh, but we just got to take that initiative to start that journey. With me, as I said, I started early. Interesting, but can anyone do self-directed learning? Of course, anyone can do it. But, you know, that's one of those yes, no questions. Can anyone be a self-directed learner? Uh, it's yes and no, uh, because the yes part is uh, if you're self-motivated, uh, if you take the initiative to want to learn new things, uh, then yes, you're a self-directed learner. Uh, if you go think outside the box uh, and want to do different things and you're curious about what's going on in the world of ELT, uh, then, you know, you're going to get out there and, and find a way. Uh, the no part is self-directed learning is not for everyone. Some people do need to be guided in the beginning. Uh, they need some tips, some help. Uh, and, you know, how do I get started? Uh, and I think there's a misconception of, about that. Uh, and another thing is that many institutions, schools, don't always accept self-directed learning. Uh, they don't see it as an important factor in self-development. So that does cause a little bit of problems uh, and barriers for people who are self-directed. So institutions and organizations need to recognize that self-directed learning is a is a powerful way to get people engaged uh, in uh, self-development uh, and they need to support it. So I think anyone can do it, right? Actually, it's very easy. And 
Some people think it's very difficult. It's very different for them. Uh, you know, taking the initiative to do things on their own. Uh, again, it goes back to self-motivation, you know, self-initiative. Uh, but it's knowing where to go. Uh, and that starts with just going to the internet, uh, Googling something that you're interested in, uh, learning more about it. And, you know, a self-directed learner is a reader. Uh, you got to like reading uh, because you're going to be confronted with a lot of things when you go to Google and the internet. You're going to have to read about it. But if you're, you know, a learner who likes listening, there's a lot of things on YouTube that you can listen to uh, and with closed captions. So, you know, you can slow it down and learn it at your own pace. Uh, if listening uh, and, you know, in English might be a little bit difficult for you. Uh, but uh, Google, YouTube, uh, there's Internet sites that you can go to uh, for lesson planning. Uh, that you can learn about lesson planning. Uh, there's also uh, Facebook sites, social media sites, LinkedIn. Uh, I run one, webinars for English teachers. Uh, we have over 30,000 teachers from all over the world there. That's a good start, uh, you know, just taking part in some webinars. Uh, or you could go to my Facebook micro blog uh, that I have and with uh, lots of ideas. Uh, on, you know, things that are going on in the ELT world. Uh, and that's a good start too. Uh, but again, it does mean also going beyond that and uh, reading, doing some listening, uh, taking notes, uh, and uh, just, you know, investigating, finding out more. Uh, all of it, of course, because you want to improve. You want to improve your teaching practice in the classroom or you just want to improve maybe a skill. So, you know, it's, 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 it's easier than a lot of people think it is. But if so, what skills does a teacher need to have to do self-directed learning? Well, on that one, uh, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. Uh, I think you do need to be, you know, good with time management uh, because you have to fit that into your, you know, busy schedule. <laughs> Uh, you know, you have a private life uh, and you have a work life. Uh, things are always happening. Uh, and with adult education, because we're talking about adults learning here. Uh, and so um, time management is a skill that we're going to have to have. Listening is another skill. Uh, and your reading skills as, as well. Uh, your note taking skills uh, and your technology skills. Because uh, you're going to be confronted with a lot of technology uh, and learning how to use that. Uh, so I think those are some of the skills that you need to have to start your self-directed learning journey. That's great. But a lot of people would think about the cost. How much does self-directed learning cost? Is self-directed learning free? That's another misconception. Uh, you know, we're... We live in this world of ELT and there's so many providers of uh, teacher training, certification uh, and all these things that do cost money. And those are very expensive. But self-directed learning is different because there's so many uh, providers out there, so much information uh, that it really is free. 
Uh, and so it's only a matter of you taking the initiative to find out who these people are, who are these providers, where do I get this information from? Uh, and once you do find them, like again, I'm, you know, not trying to promote myself, uh, but just go to my Facebook microblog and you'll see a lot of things that I put there uh, for people to just click uh, and it's free. I'm very careful about what I post because I know that the target group that I'm trying to reach are people who live in countries or uh, where uh, paying for a you know course uh, certification course is very expensive. So I try to provide uh, opportunities for people, uh, learning opportunities that are free, uh, because I do know that uh, we live in very you know trying times now, uh, and uh, everybody can afford to pay for uh, self-development, uh, self-improvement, you know, CPD courses. But most of them that I do provide on webinars for English teachers uh, and my microblog are free. So don't let that scare you about money. Uh, it's, do you want to improve? Uh, and if you do, take the first steps by just going there to these sites that I just mentioned uh, and uh, clicking those things, and you're going to be surprised how much is out there that's free. And what equipment does a teacher need to have to do self-directed learning? Well, you're going to have to have the internet, of course, you can, and you should have a good internet connection. Uh, and uh, that means that most likely you're going to be working from a laptop. So, you know, you could. Uh, I think a laptop is important uh, but we as teachers, uh, everybody learns differently. Uh, so having a printer is also good because we're going to want to print things out and have a text in front of us. Uh, you know, I do always uh, upload a lot of text things, things that people would have to read. Uh, but you could read that on your laptop, too. You don't have to print that out. I'm just the kind of learner that likes to print things out and read it, highlight things and circle things and make notes and on paper. Uh, so I think a printer is important. So a laptop, a printer. But in today's world, uh, just having a telephone, a smartphone is a great way to do self-directed learning because that's another thing that I take into consideration when I upload something uh, is can that be used on a telephone? So actually, you could do a lot of things with a telephone. Uh, so, you know, your smartphone. Uh, so I would say having a smartphone is probably the most important thing. Second thing would be a laptop. And the third thing, a printer. But if you have those three things, you can accomplish a lot. That's really beneficial. But what about the topics? Are there certain topics that a teacher should concentrate on when doing self-directed learning? Yes, uh, but that goes back to uh, what is your teaching learning context? Uh, all of us work in you know different areas of the world. Uh, our teaching learning context are very different. Uh, so we have to take that into consideration when we make choices about what we want to do as far as self-directed learning. So 
Again, it's your teaching learning context. But once you, you've got that, and that means also reflecting uh, on what that is, uh, your teaching learning context. Uh, but um, you know, once you decide that, well, I, if I'm working with young learners, uh, is there anything out there for young learners? Uh, and maybe about teaching grammar. Uh, what about uh, how do I deal with classroom management? Are there any, if, any webinars or uh, maybe something that I could read about classroom management. Uh, but I always, and classroom management for me is on my top, you know, uh, uh, on the list. But what about lesson planning? Uh, you know, is there anything out there that's going to teach me how to do lesson planning, more effective lesson planning, uh, lesson plans that engage my students? And that leads us to well, what really is engagement? So, you know, Try to find out something about engagement. Uh, and, you know, if we're talking about lesson planning, go a little bit deeper. And I would say that, you know, try to find out about instructional design. and What is instructional design? And how is that connected to lesson planning? Uh, and uh, another thing that I suggest is find out about assessment. You know, what is assessment? Why do we need it? Uh, how do we use it? When do we use it? Uh, find out what diagnostic assessment is, formative assessment, and summative assessment. So assessment isn't very important. I, I always suggest that that you know, should be on your bucket list. But another thing that needs to be taken into consideration is technology and how to use technology in the classroom, how to use that smartphone uh, with your learners now, if you're working in a low resource classroom, uh, you know, that might be, you know, difficult sometimes. Not all of our students have a smartphone, uh, but uh, that doesn't mean that that should stop you from learning about the integration of technology. Uh, and teachers need to know that technology is not just something about laptops and the internet uh, and smartphones, but technology also means how do I make a video? Uh, and how do I teach my students to make a video? Because that leads us to task-based learning and project-based learning. Uh, and so, and that's methodology. So, you know, that should also be on your list of methodologies, different kinds of methodologies. I always say task-based learning, project-based learning, problem-based learning, phenomenal learning, uh, performance uh, learning, all of these things, I think are some of the places we can start uh, our self-directed learning journey. And what topics should they be leery of? Uh, if we go back to what our teaching learning context is, uh, and we do live and work in different regions of the world, uh, a lot of the things that we hear are, uh, uh, you know, in the ELT world, are very Eurocentric uh, and or very American ideas of, of learning and teaching. And those ideas don't always transfer very well to certain regions of the world. Uh, so we do have to be careful when we're uh, you know, doing self-directed learning because will that fit into our personal teaching learning context? Uh, so, and those things might not always, like I say, transfer very well. So we do have to be careful about 
what we're listening to, what we're hearing from other people, because they're just not always transferable and transferable. Uh, and uh, that can always lead to problems when we're risk takers as teachers, trying something new in the classroom that doesn't fit to the culture. Uh, this could cause some problems. So I think without me giving a list of things, uh, just taking into consideration and reflecting about our teaching learning context, the question will always be there. Will that fit into what's happening in my part of the world? And will that conflict with the culture of the students that I'm working with? So yes, we do need to be leery of some things that are out there. But what if a teacher needs to know whether he's progressing or not? How do the teachers know that they are progressing when they are doing self-directed learning? Well, you know, that is a great question because uh, just like we want our students uh, to learn and progress uh, and develop uh, when we're teaching, uh, we as learners, teachers as learners, uh, we need to know if we're progressing. Uh, and that could be a little bit difficult because, you know, is there a test I can take, uh, uh, you know, uh, to see if I know that? Uh, and most of the time, no, there isn't a test. But there are ways of knowing that I have progressed. And it starts by taking what you've learned and taking some risk uh, and moving that to the classroom and trying these things out in the classroom and to see if they work. Uh, and, and then getting feedback from your students and asking them how they feel about what you're doing in the classroom. That's formative assessment. Uh, and that's important because then you'll know if you're progressing, if, it, if it's working. Uh, but we also need feedback from our colleagues uh, and that means, you know, developing a personal learning network uh, and, you know, working with other people in your school or your organization or, you know, in your personal learning network outside the school and maybe an ELTA group or something like that, where you can compare your experiences and talk about it uh, and listen to other people talking about their experiences and sharing that. So that's important because when you share stories uh, with other teachers, you'll know if you're progressing or not, because it's just natural for us to compare. Uh, and so that's another way of knowing if we're getting better, we're improving uh, and progressing. So that's, those are, that's my idea of it. That was absolutely amazing. Thanks a lot, Ron, for this wonderful interview. Thank you for inviting me, Mohammed. And now, we've come to the end of our show for today. Thanks everyone for listening, and see you in another episode.